he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Bolotified. Yay! I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here with Bolotophile Alex Apostolidis, as I am every week. Alex! Hello! Gorgeous, gorgeous day. It is. It is. And it was a gorgeous week, and it felt like spring. It made me happy. It did. Uh, I felt the same way. And I spent all day outside putzing around in the garden and, you know, weeding and remulching and uh, cleaning the pavement. And oh, it was so much fun. It was great. (laughs) It was great. It's more fun than I had, I guarantee you. What were you doing? So I mean, it wasn't hard, but Saturday, I still had all of my office stuff at the house and um, David needs the space for some family things that are happening. So um, I had to finally tackle what was my office and it was an office, a studio, craft room. It's where all the bills, everything. So I had to finally clean out the closet and get all of my stuff here and in the garage. So that's what I did Saturday, but it was a beautiful day. So it wasn't too hot. It wasn't chilly. Mm -hmm. How long did that take you? You know, I thought it was going to take all weekend, but because he, I purged while I was there, Uh. I didn't have to move it and then purge. So I think I started around 1230 and then about 334, I said, come on guys, I got to eat and I'll buy you a beer. So we went and we had a little quick nosh and then we had everything in the car and moved it to here. So I think I was done by six. So it really wasn't, and that was including like an hour and a half break, two hour break. So it wasn't that bad. David and my friend Janet really helped a lot. And then share what she was done with her meetings and stuff popped over and helped me unload stuff. So good for you. Yeah. Good that you had the help and that you did the purging before, because oftentimes that's what takes the most time. Or I was going to ask you if you spent any time sitting in a pool of, you know, uh, tears because, you know, you're looking at a picture that you haven't seen in, you know, a hundred years and suddenly. Luckily not because I look through those pictures often, but you know, it was, it was a little bittersweet. I got to say, because now I am completely out of that home and even though that doesn't change anything but it was it was a little bit of emotion um for both of us tied up but i did um pull out of my little closet there baby clothes that were mine i have two baby dresses toddler dresses that i didn't know existed that my mom had given my sister-in-law when her daughter was born and then when Illy was about six or seven, they gave them to me so that she was too old to wear them. But they are the most beautiful little dresses, perfect condition. 
I, I mean, they'll stand that they're going to be like a cockroach. They're going to survive a nuclear holocaust. Those things are so well made. They're so wow, cute. wow, good for you. I know. Yes, kind of sweet. Bring them to the next party. Let us all see them. That would be something we would all enjoy. <laughs> They're on Facebook for everybody to enjoy. Oh, I'll have to look. I'll have to look. I had to, to put it up there. I was Just be feeling- careful because we do have some friends who would insist on trying them on. And you know that one end well. <laughs> you know, I've seen, I think I've seen D'Angelo in a baby doll dress before. <laughs> so <laughs> I say nothing of D'Angelo. Rude. Well, you know, uh, award season is in full throttle right now. And next Sunday, the 4th, which also happens to be Easter Sunday, is the SAG Awards, the 2021 SAG Awards. And as a SAG voting member, tomorrow is my deadline to vote. And so I'm sitting here with the nominations wondering, oh, what do I vote for? I hate voting. Wah, wah, wah. You hold the power. Some yeah. Person's uh, going to walk away with an award because of you. Yes, that's true. Because I chose them. That's why it's my, not only my my right, but my duty. And you wrote my name in on the ballot, right? I did uh, under yeah. outstanding performance by a male actor, because I figured there's nobody like you in that category. <laughs> Enough people think I'm a man with my name. Okay. Yeah, when you're when you have Alex, yeah. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is when my mother-in-law used to call the house and I'd answer. When I answered, she said, Hi, David. And when David answered, she'd say, Hi, Alex, because his voice is a little higher, my voice is a little lower. <laughs> my my people used to call the house when I was like 12 or 13 and think I was my mother. <laughs> I didn't like that very much. Uh I did put you in for that category. Thank you. Uh, there, you good. know, there are not a lot of categories, so it's not too bad. It's it's not like the Golden Globes, but um, there are some things I haven't seen, uh, and some things that you know really don't interest me, quite honestly. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think ultimately it'll be an easy vote. We did start watching Ted Lasso this weekend. Do that. Absolutely. Now I get it. But I, don't I get have it. Apple. Oh. I don't have Apple TV. Oh, see. I could just like get it for a month and just although it's ongoing. So no, I can't do that. It's a, it's it is definitely ongoing. And uh it's just everybody loves that. You know, you know what it is? He plays a disarmingly uh charming uh I wouldn't say simple-minded, but it, he comes across as very simply-minded, but very prophetic in many ways. And the things he says and the way that he goes about what I assume will be getting this community to really rally around a winning team in the UK. And he's you know from the South Eastern part of the US. Uh, so it's complete culture shock, uh, but he just his his character is so warm. He overcomes everyone's cynicism, and he does it in the in the most delightful, disarming way possible. That I know that you, Alex, would absolutely like enjoy. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I can already sure. tell. 
Uh, yes. All right, I'm engaged. I might, I'll have to bite yeah. the bullet and get an extra streaming service. You just look at him, you watch him, and you think to yourself, if only more people were like that. Because it really is, a, in my mind, the best practices when it comes to being a human being. <laughs> you know what? There's an idea. Huh, right? We need to start a best practice class for humans. For humans, yeah. How to be a proper human being in the 22nd century. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Anybody listening that could get behind that, please let us know. Mm -hmm. Please let us know. Uh, your support, you know, would help us to, uh, I don't know, maybe create something a little bit more uh, tangible. <laughs> right. Because dagnamit. <laughs> yes, dagnamit. I used to say that all the time. Oh, oh. it's awful. Just the other day I saw it, Alex. I saw what? someone throw something out of their car. Well, I hate that. You know what I want to do. Yes. I did it in Japan. I did that in Japan. They threw stuff out and you don't embarrass people in Japan. That's like a whole saving face thing. And I walked up to him and I said, Sumimasen, komenasai, you dropped this. And they looked at me and Ah, and they took it and they walked away. They didn't even throw it in the trash. They walked away with it. Good for you. I want to do that. I just, oh, it just annoys me so much. Disrespectful to the environment, to the, to the, to the earth. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, enough of that. Uh, so tomorrow I will vote on the SAG awards for 2021. That's the big news. And those are going to air on Sunday night. So please look for them. And uh, what else have we got going on? Me personally or just in the world? Tell us, talk to me. <laughs> uh, you know, just at work. Um, you have an industrial coming I up. Am, that I am. Yeah, that's going to be kind of fun. Uh, my dear, dear, sweet, wonderful, talented friend, um, is going to be doing some voiceover for a company that he utilizes. And he just happened to be talking to the guy and said, well, I do voiceover. And the guy said, well, I might need you. And he said, I'm doing a training video. So he, Jim called me and said, they just need someone to play the owner of the house because the woman who actually owns the house doesn't want to be in the video. So I talked to him last week and I said, yeah, here's a discounted uh, day rate for you. And I didn't think he'd go for it. And he didn't bat an eye. Like, oh, I didn't charge enough, but it'll be fun, you know. So I think it'll be, I'll go up. I think I don't even know if I'll have a script. I think I might just greet them and then say goodbye. We'll shoot that first. I'll be on my way. So it'll be fun. I haven't done that in a while. I haven't done anything Good. on camera in a while. So it's a video. It's a video. It's a training video for a window washing company. Oh. Yeah. How much fun is that? Yeah. Yeah, and it's a house in La Jolla, so you know. Oh, so you don't have to go far. No, and I'll get to pretend it's mine for a couple of hours. Yes. Oh, it's your house. <laughs> yes. I'd love to come. Sure. <laughs> Can I look in all the cabinets and your bathroom and your medicine cabinet, and your drawers and your clothes? Of course. I was at Jack O'Brien's house. And yes, that's a little name dropping, but I was at Jack O'Brien's house for a cast party. I think it was after the first year of the Grinch. And as soon as you walked in, he handed you a cocktail and said, go snoop around. 
And I said, really? He goes, yeah, go in my closets, go in my drawers. He said, please don't tell me that unless you mean it. He goes, I mean it, go. So I did. And I went and I looked in his medicine cabinet and his closets. Were they cleaned yeah. out or did you find any dirt? No, no, says Jack O'Brien. They were very fastidious. It was very oh, fastidious. I mean, like in terms of, you know, no, no, no. Not the actual cleanliness, but was there any like interesting? No, no. I'm of... sure if there was any of that to be found, he, had... he wouldn't have sent you upstairs to look. He would not have. He worked with actors for a long oh time. I'm God. sure he knew. He probably knew people were going to snoop up there, so may mm -hmm. as well just give them the invitation, right? right? Yeah, I guess that's true of people. I don't think that of people. I would never questions. do it unless I was given permission. I wouldn't either. You know, I won't right. even open like a medicine. Like the only thing right. time I'll do is if I'm in the restroom and they run out of TP, and I you have will to look search. for some. Right, that's that's it. Other than right. that, I'm not one to. I don't want to. And then it's their fault what you find because exactly. they forced you to open the drawers. Because right. the last thing in the world you want to do is, you know, excuse me. Exactly. <laughs> Can you bring me exactly. there in a in a beautiful gown hiked up? <laughs> There's a visual for you, Mr. Balata. Right. <laughs> so uh, here, what it's it's the end of March, right? Uh, it'll be April 1st on Thursday. On Thursday, I'm going to meet some uh, very dear friends of mine uh, who whose daughter is getting married. And they called me and said, hey, uh, you know, uh, we have this wedding and everything is going to be booked up for next year because of people who couldn't get married and I was thinking Colleen has this great house in Mount Helix and would you come and look at it and tell us what we can do? So on Thursday, I'm going to do that. Ironically, Thursday's April 1st, the same day I sang at Colleen's wedding, Aww. like 20 something years ago. That's how dear they are to me. I've known them so long. So what's great is that we're going to start planning a wedding for, albeit next year, there's planning happening. Well, that's what you do when you get married. It's at least a year ahead of time. Right. And and the idea that people are planning mm -hmm. for live events is Isn't that super. exciting? Yes. It's so exciting. So then in June, we actually have a couple of live things happening. I'm doing a little performance piece that I'm creating for someone uh, for whom I've performed before. She's celebrating her husband's 80th. And it'll be in their backyard in uh, Point Loma. That's nice. With, oh, yeah. Great people. Uh, his name is George. He's turning 80. So I'll likely compile. I'm obsessed with the, this idea of King George. And so I'm, I'll li likely compile something around that of a musical tribute to him. But I'm also going to include some of his grandkids in this performance. One of them plays the guitar and a few of them sing. So we'll create something. I'm going to work with Ramey. Uh, we'll create a, a 30 minute tribute to George in music with lyrics and uh, performances by his, his uh, grandchildren. And to do this, we sent out uh, I sent out a 10 question questionnaire about George 
to all of the guests that are coming to fill out just to give me some information so that I could pull nuggets to create this with. Uh, and the idea being you, you know, you send it to everyone, you probably won't get everyone to respond, but hopefully you get a, a, a nice well-rounded mm -hmm. view of someone rather than just a one-sided view or, you know, which really doesn't help when you're trying to create something. Right. So that's coming up. And what's interesting about that is we, we went to, uh, for this event, uh, because this event host has people coming to town, she rented a B&B &B for the weekend in Point Loma. They live in Point Loma, but she rented a B&B &B in Point Loma. And I met her there last week to talk about the flow and where we would do the performance and to look at the space, you know, do a site inspection. And it was thoroughly unimpressive, the space. It was worse than unimpressive. I couldn't imagine allowing people to see that space, let alone rent it, because there was overgrowth in the planters, there were weeds everywhere. Um, it just wasn't tidy at all. And at the end of the meeting, we both walked, actually, we just went and looked, there was nobody meeting with us because she already had confirmed the rental and was going to throw the party there. But at the end of it, we walked away and the next day I got a text from her and she said, I think I want to do it in my own backyard. And she showed me pictures, which is completely different, much more beautiful, you know, night and day. Personable too. Right. The thing is that, you know, then he'll be there. She has to get, you know, sort of get him out of the house. Yeah. So the planning, and then I, I need to go and see it really so we can set it up. But, um, What's interesting is that they're both under the flight path. So it'll be like performing at uh, Starlight. the Starlight Theater, which uh, if, if you know San Diego at all and our theater, theater history here, the Starlight Bowl, now closed, is a feature of Balboa Park, which, um, as it so happens, was built before the flight path came into being and therefore found itself to be directly under the path of landing flights. And so when you were on stage at the Starlight, you, uh, in order to not um, obfuscate the sound by these like enormous planes and the audience would miss out on what you're saying, you would pose, you'd stop wherever you were when this, when the flight got close enough and you were cued by a signal, a light signal that was in the orchestra pit. And it was green until the a flight was approaching and then it turned yellow. And in the zone of the worst, uh, you know, sound coming from the jet, it went red. And when it went red, you had to, you had to stop on stage, no matter where you were in a moment, in a song, in the middle of a line, in the middle of a, a, an emotion, no matter where you were. So it, you know, became a challenge for those of us who perform there. And it's funny because here I am going to do it again uh, under a flight path. So I'll I said- stand to, there with the light. Right, right, thank you. I said to Cindy, uh, my client, well, I, at least I have a 
some experience in this. Very funny. Uh, so imagine it, trying to do that. You're right in the middle of a belt and it's, you know, as you belt, you have to, it's all about the approach and the word and the vowel and everything has to flow just right to get that high belt out and you get right there and you have to stop. Where do you pick up? Cause I, I actually didn't, I haven't performed at Starlight. So where do you pick up? Do they back it up a bit or do you just go from where you were? You, it really depends on where you are in the moment if you're in the middle of a song and you're at a, a break, you break in the yellow and wait. So you have that yellow time frame. Okay. So you try to wait for the red. Warning. Right. Right. You have that warning. But it's tricky. It's tricky no matter, you know, it's tricky. It's not for the for the faint of heart. Let's put it that way. It's not for those who get easily thrown off track. It's not for that person. I think when I was younger, it might have been difficult. Now I would think it'd be a blast. Yes, I think you would. Yes. And you know what? Having done events for a long time, I, you know, theater, train, go to events, and then do theater on the side, it made me laugh because I was used to all kinds of things happening, you know, during a performance. Like I said, it was guerrilla theater when we started this mess we call it live events and anything goes. And so you learn as a performer how to just deal with anything. And that's not bad training to have. We have a guest with us today and uh, somebody that both Alex and I know individually mm-hmm. uh, and uh, didn't realize that until uh, we dis- were discussing who we should have on this broadcast. And that's when she came up. And now I will hand off to you, Miss Alex, to tell us who she is. Yeah, I have known her almost, almost as long as I've known you. I think I knew you about a year and a half before I met her. Um, and like you, she's she's been in this industry for a while. She's an instructor uh, in event management, uh, at USD. She was teaching there. She's also an associate professor in hospitality management at Miracosta College. Um, and uh, she is the owner, founder, and CEO of Farmhouse Catering with her chef husband, Graydon. And uh, food looks just absolutely fabulous. Yes. And then something really interesting they did when COVID hit, and, and I loved this story. They created Instapot meals delivered to your door. So it's it's a, a Instapot Insta meal. And all you have to do is once you get it, put it in your Instapot or your slow cooker. And in 20 minutes, you have this beautifully chef created gourmet farmhouse meal. For reasonable price. Incredibly reasonably priced. Yes. Drum roll. So- yeah, so let's welcome the beautiful, the talented, the lovely Ms. Lisa Jenkins Orr. Hello, Lisa. Hey there, what's up? <laughs> oh my God, it's been so long since I've seen you almost in person. I know, it's true. This virtual world, it's like 3D all around. <laughs> so nice it, to see you guys. You too. Very nice to see and hear you. It's 
it's been forever since we've been in the same room. Uh, even before COVID, we, we weren't finding ourselves in the same room together, but that's because we were both so busy doing things, you know, working and, and working it in different ways. Exactly. Right. But we know how uh, to work it. We do. I mean, that was one of the first things that I knew about you instantly when I met you at the special event in 2000 and a while ago. <laughs> it was definitely in the tens. It was like it was between 2000. Yeah, it wasn't before that. It was like 2010, north of 2010. For it sure. was. It was 2010, 2011 ish. Yep. Around that time. <laughs> yes. And it was through Alice who worked for me at the time that I met Lisa. And it was mm-hmm. through Lisa that I was uh, honored to work at the Playhouse for four or five years. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I was there longer than you. You were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were. Yeah, I was there two and a half years. Yes. And, and we only did one event together at the Playhouse. And then it, and then it was handed off. Right. It was. And then yeah. through you, I got introduced to USD. That's right. That's right. And you still, are you still there? I'm not still at USD, but I now teach four courses at Miracosta Community College. This is great. Yes, the program at USD um, has been eliminated from the, from the program. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and it's a shame that uh, the certification was eliminated because uh, people want it more than ever. It, I think it was a price point issue. Uh, it, it, yeah. I think it was yeah. price point. I think it was um, a lot of different things. It had gone through a lot of different hands and they had a lot on their plate trying to deal with everything else. So I think, um, I think it'll be revisited at some point. When I joined that program and I want to say it was 2000 or 2001, um, it was an affiliate of the George Washington University program that Dr. Joe Jeff Goldblatt wrote. And so when I wrote my curriculum, I had to have it approved by that, that university. Yes. And then we wow. broke away from that model. Mm-hmm. But we had Dr. Joe on the pro- program about a month ago, and he, he's living in uh, Edinburgh, and he's delightful, just delightful. Oh, just- I had only imagine. I fell a little bit in love with him that day. Mm-hmm. I could just sit and listen to him talk. For, you know, <laughs> just, I was like this the whole time. Just and, and, accent, and I tell you. He's one of the founders of the Special Events Society, now the mm-hmm. International Live Events Association, where people like me meet people like Lisa. Exactly. And things happen. Mm-hmm. And and so I remember being enormously taken with you, like the moment I saw you, I could tell you had incredible, uh, uh, not only charm and charisma, but style. You uh, you just look the part. Uh, and I, thank you. Uh, I could sense. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> and I'm glad to say it. And a sense of creativity as well, which you possess. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is that you really, you come from a different part of the event world than we do. You, you are basically food and beverage mm-hmm. and experience from that perspective mm-hmm. and look and feel as well, right? Front Design, of the house. Mm-hmm. Front of the house, right? Whereas we're more theatrical, what's on stage, what's happening in the, what's the ambiance, what's the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have you on because from your perspective, um, 
I'd like to hear what you think is going to happen in the next uh, three or four months. Ooh. As COVID, or, or, or let's just say for the remainder of the year, what do you see on the horizon? Um, well, our experience with COVID was people are still going to celebrate moments in life. I don't think, um, I think we're just inherently made that way to celebrate each other, marriages, birthdays, anniversaries. So our experience um, was people were still going to do that. And living in San Diego, we were fortunate enough that they could do that in smaller um, gatherings outside. And I think now that we're starting to open back up, people are still doing that. I think they actually really enjoyed the intimacy. They really enjoyed when you take a wedding for a hundred people and you have to really cut it down to 20 or 30, you're very selective um, in who you choose, but then they shower them and, and we're finding that they're actually spending more per person and because they want something really special and very intimate and they're loving it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, large events are going to come back around, but I really think people are enjoying the intimacy that they're feeling at these um, smaller events. I would have to imagine that's true, that there are people who are actually uh, ha have a weight mm -hmm. pulled from their shoulders, knowing they can't invite too many people that they have to limit it. <laughs> That, right. was just, that thought was just going through my head. I bet that's a bit of a relief knowing, you you know, not that you don't necessarily want your second cousin's great aunt's uh, nephew. And their dog. And their dog. Right. And their dog's <laughs> best friend. But knowing that you can't, that has to be a relief, you know, a little bit of a relief. Yes, it is. And I think people, instead of, um, then they really get to truly create the event that they want because now they have the freedom to spend a little bit more mm -hmm. on what they would have wanted to but then if they were at 100 people they might not have been able to um you know have a four course meal or only have a three course or upgrade the china or bring in the band or do all mm -hmm. you know the beautiful bells and whistles that you guys do they they now can right so right. it's actually been quite nice. So what is the number? What number are you seeing as about the go-to number right now for these smaller events? Is it 25, 30, 20? Yeah. I would say between 20, 20 and 30. 30. Interesting. Yeah. Having said that though, we do have weddings coming up that um, were postponed or delayed. Mm -hmm. We're uh, initially at 150 and now they're 110. Or a lot of people who went ahead and um, eloped during COVID or just had the intimate ceremony with just family, you know, five people, six people. Now they're having their big celebration. And so those with the larger families or um, people that were on two sides of the country, they're still going to have some of those big ones. And we have quite a few of those coming up as well. That's good to hear. It's very good to hear. Yes. Are there any themes in uh, what you're providing from a menu point of view? Are, are you seeing any any uh, trends in what people are asking for in their food and beverage requests? Absolutely. But I think it's, I don't know if it's because we attract those style of clients or if it's a trend per se, I, 
no, actually, let me back up. That's not true. I, I know this from a factual standpoint and the way the industry was going from being an associate professor that more and more people are going towards sustainably raised um, produce, sustainably raised um, seafood, meat, locally sourced. So I think we get a lot of requests for healthy menus, um, trying to get away. We've been cooking a lot more with double zero flour that's processed in Europe as opposed to here because a lot of people with um, gluten sensitivities, not celiac, um, have no issues with double zero flour. So I would say the theme and the trend um, is authentic food, but good clean food, not a lot of ingredients. They, they really want the flavors of the protein that they choose or even the vegetables to really be the star of the show and then accent that with even good salts and sauces and things like that. Mm. I think that's implicit in your name, Farmhouse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would think so. Yep. And but it is on the trends too. If, if you look at, I have to say, I haven't looked at 2021 um, top food trends, but definitely 2019 and 2020, the um, trends were all lending or going towards sustainably raised, local, locally sourced. I would say that's a huge one. Um, local food. And if you buy food in season, it just tastes better. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. That's a trend. So it's better. true. You look at those beautiful strawberries and you get strawberries out of season and you bite it and you're like, whoa. <laughs> and then right. when you get them in, in season, they're amazing. Yeah. They're disappointing when they're out of season. Mm -hmm. uh, so what are the questions that you ask clients when you're preparing a menu for them? What, what are the key things that you need to know about them? Oh, I wish Graydon was here for that one because you know how charming and witty he is. I think one of the things that's been really fun is doing Zoom calls with our clients because we can't meet face-to-face. -face. Uh, we've been doing a lot of Zoom calls, Graydon and I and the bride and groom, and we get to know them because I think what we find is that their personalities often um, dictate the yes. style of food they want. So I think what's incredibly important to both of us, but I would say specifically great and being the chef um, is for him. We've all been to weddings where food was an afterthought and you walk away and it was a wonderful time. And I just use weddings because that's, I mean, I could say galas, I could say, you know, anniversaries, birthdays. I'm just picking wedding because it's something that we can all relate to, but we've all been to weddings where you ate the food and someone asked you even a week later or two weeks later and you really couldn't remember it. Um, our goal is that food is just as much of a highlight and just as memorable as the day itself. So Graydon will ask questions, which are quite normal, but if you were to picture yourself as a car, what kind of car would you be? Um, he used to race cars and is really you know, into um, all the different races. And to him, it's always interesting. And he finds that whatever kind of car they visualize themselves will kind of decide the menu, uh, the direction of the menu. We always ask what the no-goes are because too often people don't spend time on that and we'll spend all of this time and effort into creating this beautiful menu and put it in front of them. And they see mushrooms and they're like, oh, yeah, 
no mushrooms, <laughs> you know, or just little things, you know, little things like that. And we ask them their favorite restaurants, um, favorite style of food. Uh, if you were going to cook, what would that be? Uh, because we really want to make certain that the menu represents them. It's it's their day, or, or even, even let's say we're going to do a gala. We want to make certain if we're doing it for, you know, heart disease or for anything like that with a cause that it represents and um, re represents the community, represents their overall goal. Mm -hmm. So we put a lot of um, thought and time and research into the couple or, or the organization before we even meet them. I'd imagine that's where you come in and where your expertise and knowledge <laughs> come mm -hmm. into play right uh, uh because you have an event background you studied mm -hmm. uh now you studied at FIU I did now we've never discussed this I don't think because uh my parents I grew up in North Miami Beach Florida which is like 20 minutes from the northern campus at FIU yeah. is, that, is that where you were I first year was in the um south campus okay. but then they moved the entire hospitality school up to north campus so i finished up in north campus oh yes that's that's miles from my parents abode and oh, love uh, it. oh it's a completely different place now if you were to go there now oh i've been there <laughs> oh you have so you've seen what they're doing there yes yeah it's amazing yes it's amazing so the, i was i was uh fascinated by that because that's my hood i grew up there mm -hmm. and then uh you also went to school in the keys yeah, graduated from Key West High School. Oh, so you are you from Key West? No, 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 no. So, um, oh, this will be a fun little blurb. I don't know whether to put this Alex in there or not, but <laughs> it's all good. All right, um, folks, I was get ready. Born in, yeah, I was born in Seattle, and then when I want to say preschool, we moved to Italy, and I learned how to read my time before I did English. Then we sailed back from Italy cruised around the Caribbean for about nine or 10 months. Then um, in high school, went over to Spain, to the Canary Islands, and then finished up in Key West. And I would say those travels are probably the key component of my love um, for this industry because of all the different foods and cultures and drinks and fun. Did you embrace all that change when you were younger? Mm -hmm. So yes. you went open-hearted i'm ready to explore give it to me let's do this yes except for when we just got back from spain and my parents um, were moving to key west though so i stayed in seattle because i was a swimmer i stayed there uh, for half a year but for the most part yeah i would say that that's probably the core of my personality i mean america's an amazing country but it's just one of many and all the food from all over and just the different parties and the way people celebrate life is just part of why I love what I do. Mm -hmm. Well, and people celebrate life, I think, a bit more uh, frequently in other places than we do here. <laughs> and passionately, I think. Yes. yes, yes, very passionately. Yes, for sure. So uh, uh, you've been doing this for a long time like your entire life which has been a, a mere 25 years exactly 25 that out right <laughs> what do you love most about this industry 
the people. Uh, The people. Mm -hmm. And what about it? What about them? What about being a part of a celebration? Is that Mm -hmm. the motivation for you? Yes. And I would say, well, I would say in addition to the people, um, what I love about off-premise catering is in many ways it is, I, I get to use my event planning skills because when you're an off-premise caterer, you're kind of um, the hubbub, right? Everybody wants to eat, everybody wants to. It's all about bringing people together and breaking bread around the table. So for me, when everything comes together, um, I just get this rush and I love working with my team. I, I love running the floor. I love being out there amongst the guests and talking to them and making certain everybody has wine and food and everybody's getting great service. I mean, everything from making certain they're enjoying the music, it's not too quiet or not too loud or you know, the ambient ten- um, temperature is good. So for me, just to look at it as our job is just to provide food, I don't see it that way. I, I see it as our job is to make certain that everyone there is having a good time in every, in every manner, you know, not just that they like the food they're putting in their mouth. What, what now, did you, what did you call it? I'm sorry, Alex. What was that phrase? An optimists? Optimus? Op- off-premise. Op- off-premise. Off-premise. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't catch it. I thought you were part of this elite <laughs> culture. Transformer team. But I have to oh, totally. I'm part of that too. Off-premise. <laughs> Yeah, you okay. We'll talk about that. We'll talk later. about that later. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll throw to yeah. Alex first. I, well, no, one of the things, because, you know, again, I've known Lisa, this is in a different world. Mm-hmm. Um, Only time I, I've ever been out of hospitality. And that's why I thought, well, gosh, maybe you were working on the, the, the Hyperfest uh, mm-hmm. convention that we did every year. Um, so, uh, but one of the questions that I kind of asked Lisa via email, knowing her as I do, was, about um, her dedication to helping people and um, reaching out to neighbors. You know, she, she, her, for Lisa, what I know of her, her world isn't just her own bubble, her world extends out. And the answer that she wrote me back, I loved so much, Lisa, because it's very much where I come from, that my house is open to everybody and anybody. Nobody mm-hmm. is turned away from my door. If there's a holiday and you don't have a place to go, you come to mine. I don't care how small exactly. my place is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I know of you. And that was the answer. And you can see it the way you talk about how you want your guests to feel. I'm seeing this. That's exactly how you want your guests to feel when they come to your home. You want people to feel like they're in your home, that you are there. You are the hostess with the mostess. You want everybody to enjoy and feel welcome and warmed and loved. Oh, absolutely. You walk through my front door, you will be fed and hydrated. <laughs> so um, uh, take note, everyone. Uh, if you walk through the front door at Lisa or Alex's house, you'll be well taken care of. And they didn't say anything about you having to leave. So I'm just putting it out there. Exactly. Uh, is Graydon going to join us? Yes, he is finishing up on another call, but he will be here to join us. What's new with life? And how is uh, Jacob doing now that he's 21? Oh my gosh, he is living up a storm. The man is a beast. He's about 6'4", um, 210. Um, living such at a home? gentleman. So sweet, but a ladies' man too. Living at home? 
No, he goes to Cal Maritime. And so we leased a house for he and his mates. He was here for most of COVID, but he's 21 now. It's his turn. It's his yeah, turn to go out. Get out. Yeah. yeah. I was FaceTiming with him the other day and um, he was so sweet when I was in the hospital. He was like playing games with me, like, you know, on the phone. So I wouldn't go crazy. And so I FaceTime him and just listening to he and his roommates, it was a comedy show. It should have been, they should have been streaming it with sitcom. <laughs> Seriously, it's hilarious. Hmm. How did you handle him moving out? Um, well, obviously not, not great, but, <laughs> but at the same time, um, that's our job. Our job yeah. is to get him ready to go and embrace life. And, um, you know, moved him up there. And then when he moved into his house, this one I knew was, um, that was it. Like, it's not like he's coming home for summers and things like that. So he graduates next year. So 11 o'clock, we had done an event that night, um, came home and 11 o'clock kind of looked at me and I looked at him and he's like, mom, why don't you just drive up with me? So I did. And we had a blast. So I, I know where he lives now. I see his house, his neighborhood, all of that. I think had he just moved up there and I hadn't seen any of it, that would have been a lot harder, but we're close. I mean, we talk all the time and he still comes home and visits and he's, they're all just great kids. That's what I always say to my daughter. We prepare as parents, we prepare you and wish for everything that we don't really want, but we want. We want yes. you to be independent. We mm -hmm. want you to have your own life, but doing it and saying and letting you go is the most painful thing in the world. And they're already at different times. Mm -hmm. You know, we still have two at home that, you know, that are 19 and 20. And when the pandemic hit, you know, that was much harder for them. Um, and how, know, does, is, hmm? how does Graydon feel having them at home? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That's a great question. You can. Oh, um, hi! Voila! <laughs> Hello, Graydon. How are we doing? Everybody? Welcome. That's a, that's a great question, Andy. That can. Uh, uh, I think that changes depending on what uh, what time of day you ask me, <laughs> and depending on what day it is, uh -huh. depending and depending and which also. Child? Then which child is yeah. asking the question? There's so many. That's actually a very uh, complex question. What I would was imagine. The voice. What was the body language? What was the approach? What was <laughs> maybe no, you need, I, maybe you I, need a scoreboard. I don't, you know what? <laughs> what, what, I, what I need is like one of those little dad hats. Like when you walk into a studio and they've got the red light says on air. In other mm -hmm. words, don't go in there. I need one of those like on my hat. So when it's a red light, it's like, do not talk to that. Not now. This is not a good time to borrow money. Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, actually, Anthony and Alex, you guys that was specific. Well, you guys will both appreciate this one. So um, we have the Bose, you know, sound system so that we can remote control it. And Jacob, being the larger than life one, um, at times we come home and there were cars all up and down our street. Hmm. Like, who's having a party? Oh, wait, there's only one house on this street that's having a party. So um, and it's us. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> We're having uh, a party. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Surprise. There was a bouncer at my door one time that wasn't going to let me in. We realized, no, no, this is the woman who owns the house. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. No. Oh, yeah. They oh. all had to do the walk of shame by Graydon. 
Oh yeah. So Graydon oh, decided yeah. that he was going to um, turn oh, on. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Which music was it, Graydon, that you were going to turn on before you came in? Oh, I could play it. You want to hear it? It's outrageous. It's outstanding. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Give me one second. You'll never recognize this. I'm sitting at my desk and I've got this sound system that that works well. You guys hear that? <laughs> oh my god. That was the sound he was going to play before he threw everyone out. I like it. Graydon answered gonna... that that question when he was talking about depends on the day and the approach and the. I'm like, oh my gosh, spoken like an actor, mm -hmm. oh, spoken yeah. like a true actor. <laughs> no, you know what? No kidding. It's such a, it's such a pleasure. I mean, we're so blessed to have the kids that we have, and um, and 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 I really truly mean that. I don't know if everybody says that, especially in a public forum. Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. But um, yeah, kids are gonna be a pain in the ass. They are, but you know what? Right. So parents, and uh, um. And and we've all found a phenomenal way to we've all found a phenomenal way uh, uh, just to make it work. And you know we we're all learning from each other. I think when when you're a parent and you start realizing that you can actually learn from your kids while they are still learning how to be themselves is uh it's it, it's it's actually quite thought provoking it makes you look in the mirror a little bit deep a little bit longer. So it's awesome having them around because um you know with without them, there are a lot of things about myself and I know Lisa as well, and even about us as a, as, as a couple that we wouldn't have been able to go through and experience together, the good times and the bad. At the end of the day, when we walk walk away and look back at it, it's it's, it's fantastic. Wouldn't trade it Wouldn't trade it for a thing. You know, there's only four of them. There's only like eight kids and they're all born at the same right. time. You know, I mean, how hard Close can enough. it be? Right? Well, it's interesting that they're close in age, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a son and a daughter and you have a son and a daughter and you mm -hmm. came together and and they get along mm -hmm. there's They're a family there there's really a family unit there right and we've made uh, them all work with us that's great and i think the way that you approach parenthood in that you you are learning from your children as much as they're learning from you creates an accessibility to you mm -hmm. that makes the the process much more fulfilling and easier in a sense, because then your kids feel like they can communicate with you, they can talk with you, uh, because you're not constantly being the chief and defender, you know, what I say goes and I know everything. Yeah. You don't know enough to tell me that I don't know everything because I know everything. You know, there's an attitude that I think kids have. And if you're willing to learn from them, then there's an appreciation and a willingness to learn from you in return. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And I think we've, um, you know, incorporated that into our business because, you know, when someone comes and, you know, our, our industry is a passion driven industry, insert alcohol, um, and you get uh, passionate people who sometimes logic isn't at the forefront. Right. Business is picking up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And tell me what, tell us how what kind of success um, Instapot was for you or is for you? And uh, you will you continue with that after COVID? No. No. Um, <laughs> is it Has it been a lot of work? Yes. And you might see how Graydon's being extremely quiet on this one. Um, Instapot was absolutely perfect 
for the lockdown and it absolutely helped our company survive. Um, it isn't that it isn't a good idea, it's an incredible idea, but it's something that in order for it to be truly profitable needs to be scalable. Um, yeah. We put a lot of time and effort into it. So for all intents and purposes, when your Instapot meal is delivered, you're gonna get beef bourguignon and you're gonna have sides with it and it's gonna be amazing. Um, you're gonna get tikka masala, you're gonna get all of these um, incredible meals, but to vacuum- We read the menu. It, yeah. Yeah, in, in order to you know vacuum pack it and, and send the sauces separately and serve it to the standards that we hold, we're not just gonna send you know mediocre meal, it's gonna be like, oh my gosh, like it's unbelievable. A lot of work. I loved it, but I think what we intend on doing moving forward is instead of offering Instapot, we get a lot of requests for uh, graden sauces uh, for my salad dressings, um, things like that. So I think we're going to start doing more along those lines and do that as a little side bonus. New product, yeah. New product line. Yeah. Yes, because then you can manufacture and you don't have to worry so much about uh, the number of people who are going to be seated at the table. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a condiment, of you know, so uh, you produce it and you get people hooked, sort of like Phil's barbecue sauce, if you will, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that people will yeah. clamor to buy, you know, and it's smart because uh, you're developing another uh, revenue stream for yourselves which is which is necessitating that you don't hold so dear those things which make you special your sauces your salad dressings you could say as business people no i don't want people to have these flavors unless they're having our food mm -hmm. but you'd be cutting yourself off from this other potential revenue stream so what made you come to that decision was it an easy decision? It's something you're about, you're going to do, where you're Correct. going to put focus. Alan Graydon, do you want to answer that one? Yeah, um, sure. Man. Um, I think it's, it's um, uh, the biggest problem with the Instapot meal is, um, again, Lisa talked about the scalability. Uh, is it a fantastic idea? I think it's a bloody phenomenal idea. I think it's something that, um, that, uh, that it's a Whole Foods product all day long. Um, it's a it's a Sprouts product. It's a Henry or any of those types of uh, Fraser Farms, uh, any of those types of uh, uh, Gelsons. Um, but but for us to uh, I don't know for us to do it. But um, there were there were two fundamental reasons actually um, why nobody why, wants why. to hear why we're going to the sauces, babe. No, no, I'm going to. I'm about oh. to get this um, um, because sorry, I'll I'll I'll, I'll wrap it quickly. But number one, we had to shift to generate revenue. In a in a dead space, so that was the easiest way that that we did. We had to shift, so it was like either to Instapot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need we need to generate revenue. Thousand percent understandable. Absolutely. How about that. The other thing that was a secondary benefit of doing that is that people then got to experience at least at least a flavor profile from us. They got to get a little essence of us, and when things 
without a big commitment. Again. Right. It was like, hey, remember that food we had from those guys? Maybe they'll come to our party for us. Maybe they'll come and do that, which then again led to what we quickly discovered is, is you know, a steak is a steak, a fish is fish, chicken, whatever. Anybody can, anybody listening um, or watching can, can produce something like that. But what really takes it over the edge is the sauces um, and the flavors and the salads and Lisa with her creativity. And, and that's when it, when it occurred to us, actually, we're kind of missing a bit of the point here. The point is we could really make our lives simpler and produce an, a, a phenomenal product and shift into the into the into the product line, which will excuse me take us out of that production cycle of things, which wasn't scalable under the circumstances. Well, and the uh, other, however, other yeah. thing though that I think people were uh, what was actually kind of us in that direction is we would send the sauce. And we'd always send it separate. And then we would talk to them later and they said, oh, we used every bit of that sauce. Like we, we, we licked, we licked the bowl out and mm -hmm. like they used it, you know, the next day and the day after that, or they would freeze the sauce. And then like, they were not throwing away the sauce and we're going to use it as many times as they could. Um, in as many ways as they yeah. could. And then they started asking, you know, for the dressings, like specifically, no, we want the farmhouse dressing. So we thought, oh, like Graydon said, well, I think we're missing something here. Like we should. Yeah. Should. And it's a lot more shelf stable, you know, type of thing. I mean, it's going to last a lot longer, you know. For sure. Um, and it's just easier to get it. Logistics was also was also another issue. You know, if, if we if we're going out with uh, with a van full of orders, um, it takes time to get to get that done. Um, of course, it was a whole lot easier because there was a lot less traffic, no traffic. on the road. <laughs> yeah, you know, at the true. time, so so it was easy for us. But then, of course, we had to deal with the you know a lot of people feeling uncomfortable with something come someone coming to their door, etc. So it was a lot of left packages outside and. Uh, you don't know for how long and then uh, and, are you still yeah. responsible because it's now in the heat and blah blah, blah. and, then, and that's, there's a liability issue there that you right. start thinking about and freshness and so on and so right. forth. so anyway i mean we still love it i mean i still love the inside there's a lot of the recipes that we still cook for ourselves mm -hmm. um uh, uh, a lot of the time because it's to be honest it's just so bloody easy it and we really, use the instapot a lot in catering too really is yeah, yeah that's great well, I wonder, I wonder if it's something that can be an extension to a virtual wedding. In other words, you've got 30 people here, but they want 10 people to celebrate with them in Massachusetts. Can you deliver that same meal in an Instapot? Is that something that's possible? Absolutely. I don't know if Lisa's frozen up right now, but you just hit on uh, on something that's uh, it's a very sexy little slice of business a very good friend of ours is in the wine industry and he pioneered virtual tastings for the wineries up in napa and um, we're talking the high-end stuff the harlands etc he pioneered that space and uh and, and that's something that uh you know like i said earlier anybody can cook a steak now right may not, may not be as good as mine but it's gonna be <laughs> Well, then, but it's still, it's still going to be a good steak. But you know what? We can ship the sauce to you. It's going to be stable enough for it to overnight. You can take the next day and you can literally go through the same experience. Could we package the whole thing and ship it over like Omaha Steaks or something? Probably. But now we're kind of getting back into what we would try right. to get out of, right? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's an absolutely phenomenal idea. Anthony. You just you just nailed it. That's exactly what it's about. 
So when we get back to live events, will you be doing things differently in 2021 than you did in 2019 with regard to food service prep delivery? What are the what are the obstacles or hurdles? Are there any? No, I think one thing, I mean, as far as doing weddings and things like that, um, you know, the way I always tell my my students is for all intents and purposes, the recipe is the same. It's the ingredients that are always different, right? You you mix it up each time. Um, Off-premise events, even now, I'm not necessarily certain that they'll, other than scalability, whether they're large or small, or coming up with new designs, new whatever's trending. Um, but I think what we have come out of this is fun and creative ways to offer more products, to offer more, like for some of the corporate events that we do, um, you know, they still want to do happy hour, but they can't do platters. So we put together little charcuterie boxes or little craft boxes, or we do individual sandwich boxes, which I think have in the corporate world actually been quite beneficial for them as opposed to everybody standing up going through you know the chafing dish line now people you know they they get their sandwich they get their salad or they get their hot meal um so i think there are some things that that we're going to keep and as an industry we're going to keep um some of the individually boxed meals um those were actually beginning to trend in 2019 i think those are going to continue for a while but as far as how we do events do you mean for like a wedding or a gala or anything like that yes in terms of uh, providing the f and b element uh, are there any protocols that you envision you're going to have to uh, go through to provide service do you think anything will be different in terms of a safety or health perspective well, even prior to COVID, we had to be incredibly safe you know, right. from a health perspective. Right. So, right. So much of it, we were already practicing. Right. Um, maybe it's just more recognized now, but it, it's something that, you know, you have to be very hygienic. You always. Right. Like you know, washing your hands. Like exactly. Washing your hands after you pee. I right. don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it took a pandemic for people to understand oh, that was a necessity, God. but apparently it did. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, you know, always maybe more hand sanitizers that we always have them. I always have disinfectant wipes, wipes, but I always use the, you know, the all natural right. ones. Um, I don't know, Graydon, what would you say? As far as execution from our standpoint um, at an event, I think everything would, um, we were, we were trajecting upwards for us it was just a matter of of getting a higher level and a higher level and a higher level um as far as expertise those little details so i but, but nothing regarding covid really changed that because lisa sort of nailed it and that is we were practicing all of those beforehand at least in the back of the house and certainly in the front of the house under the counter type of thing right um but but no if if, if anything's changed it, it gave us time to really define and get some sexy recipes together and experiment with them amongst family and friends on like hey wow you know and we we played around with some really funky interesting flavor profiles and created some some absolute bombs that were hideous um and then a maybe one 
a few. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then a few, that, a few that were, um, well, more than a few that were just, oh my gosh, definitely adding this to the movie. Right. Definitely adding. So, I mean, it was just time. Cleanliness and COVID, no, it does. Okay. But what, what about from a guest point of view? Do you think the uh, 10 per table protocol will exist in events or do you think it'll be six at a table? Do you think there'll be any impact there and how we seat people? I, I think it depends on the vaccine. Sorry, babe. I know, Lisa, I know you're about to answer that, but I think, it, I mean, eventually we're all going to be like walking around with our card carrying vaccine. And then the next market, the next million dollar market are people creating fake vaccine cards. So do you think you are, <laughs> you, do you think your clients will specifically want to monitor their guests as to who's been vaccinated or not? Do you see that as a possible issue? And do you see yourselves being entangled in that at all? I think it's our experience in the pandemic was again, you know, much smaller intimate circles and those that you invited, um, you pretty much knew, you know, we had our COVID friends. I'll use us as an, as an example. We had our COVID friends that um, just a few of us, and we were the only ones that we hung out with and we kept it to that. But what we saw is people invited people to come and those who did not feel comfortable. Um, you know, when someone decides to have an event, they have made that choice to move forward. So when they extend the invitation to their guest, the guests at that point have the decision to make whether or not they feel comfortable as far as us being entangled in it um you know we're doing our part obviously getting vaccinated still always you know gloves everything like that to keep everything safe but i don't see us as caterers when it comes to a client being entangled in that yeah i think there's also an element of social responsibility especially within your circles if you've been invited to an event you obviously have a relationship Relationship with the host and nobody wants to be the person that shows up um, and, at, at any economic level like this is you know this, this disease didn't pick people specifically but um I, I i think that nobody wants to be the person that shows up and gets everybody sick you know i mean uh, so social responsibility is and personal accountability i think is a is a huge factor in people's decisions on whether they're going to attend a party or not i know for example we would never party. if some, if, I, if we were going to go to somebody's uh, event or something and uh, and one of us were feeling a little bit under the weather, we even showed symptoms, whether we'd had the, you know. You know what, actually a, you're right. In the back, past, when you had a, back when you had flu, would you show up at somebody's house for a dinner party if you had flu? No. No, but I can't speak for the other hundreds of millions of people who live here in the United States, because I would say that some of them would go and some of them have gotten on planes when they shouldn't have. Uh, so, yeah. uh, and That's I think, true. you know, to, to your point uh, on the personal level, people take a little bit more, hopefully responsibility, but on the, on the association level, on the corporate level, where people have uh, other impending influences, whether they're going to attend something or not, you know, other than how I feel about going, mm. uh, then then there could be some issues there. Um, I do think it's different than personal. Absolutely. Oh, 
And then I just wonder how, to what lengths people will go to, to accommodate those guests in any, first of all, in the corporate situation, it'll be a necessity. Right. That if people don't feel comfortable and yet they are, uh, it's mandatory they attend, that provisions are made. That's going to be a necessity. But in the world of hosting, when you want people to come to your event, I wonder how people will acquiesce, accommodate, if they'll feel the need to after, once this is over. It'll be an interesting thing to see what happens. And I'm sure it'll be different across the board and there'll be clients who care a great deal and some who throw caution to the wind and everything in between. And I can only imagine we're going to be faced with just a myriad of requests. I, I'm, I'm curious to talk to you again in a year or six months after the floodgates open to see what kinds of things people are requesting of you. Mm-hmm. You also well, I think it's no, but I, I think um, I think you 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 touched on a few um, things. One corporate, um, absolutely. But I've also heard, you know, part of the reason why if, if I was sick, um, I probably still prior to the pandemic, um, I would have gone into work because it was frowned upon. Right. You know, if, if you didn't go to work, you had to you had to put in your time. Um, so I think now um, corporations are a little bit more um, right sensitive. Yeah, to... much more sensitive to that because they understand. You know, there's a difference, and and until they learn more about it, it's you know, err on the side of caution, right? Right. Well, there's also not to muddle this conversation, but as somebody who might always use the excuse, "I'm sick." to not go to work is less likely to use that excuse now. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, then don't ever come back. I know. (laughs) I think the whole workspace, I mean. What? No, I was just going to say to that, to that uh, point, Nancy, I think the entire, you know, um, workforce, the labor, uh, I mean, everything is going to change. I mean, we, we have, um, you know, I'm sure we all know of companies that 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 had a large, uh, you know, brick and mortar with, um, you know, 20, 30, 60,000 square feet that once everybody sent home, they could drop it down to 10,000 square feet and they were still able to produce the same caliber of work. So at that point, once everything opens up, why bring people back? And then from an HR perspective, you can always tell those people that are able to perform from home and those people that weren't, well, there's a plethora of people that can, that, uh, that, can, uh, that can replace them. And quite frankly, I would, I would rather work from home than, than, than have to go into an office if I didn't have to, right? My theory would be, if you didn't just invest a lot of money in your office space, then you'd be more likely to let your <laughs> employees stay home. I just, I really hope that from a a socially responsible place on both sides, from work and employer, that there's more understanding, you know, because again, to your point, Lisa, you go in sick. If, you know, you, for me to miss a day at work, a lot of times it's like, I have to, I have to feel like I'm on my deathbed, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to have that guilt and I don't want them to think I'm a wimp. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, when I'm the person at work and somebody comes in sick, I'm mad, go home. Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you have kids, Mm -hmm. you know, so hopefully there's just going to, everybody's going to be more open and understanding and truthful. We'll see in the, in the event world, we'll have to see how things play out because there's still the very 
very uh, logical argument that if you can only have a certain amount of people in a space, then the cost per person is going up. Mm. Because mm. if you, you know, and so I wonder, or if you insist that there's a technical side of your event that is reaching out to the virtual world, there's going to be a cost for that that I don't think people realize needs to be figured in. All of these logistics are mm -hmm. going to come into play. It'll be interesting how we're stretched. And I think we will be. I think mm -hmm. people will ask for more and expect more. But hopefully on the other side, I think they'll be so happy to get back to celebrating. Absolutely. Yes. Maybe Absolutely. And that's what. Well, that's what I was going to say, Anthony. I mean, we all know in the event industry, um, um, we we jump through hoops, we crawl through small pipes, we leap tall buildings. You, you know, we um, you know, we do what it takes to get the job done, and our end goal always is to make certain that the clients and their guests walk away happy. And so, if that means there's additional precautions that a client um, would like us to take and that are reasonable, um, then you know we're happy to oblige. You know, we've we've. Yeah. Like, like I always laugh. I've I've been. This is this is kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah, you know, Alex, you'll love this part though. But I mean, I've been Santa's helper. I have been a nymph. I've been an angel. I've been a Barbie. I have been um, sailor. I have been. You know, so. Today you're all those things. What was that? Today you're all those things. Right. <laughs> and you've been a pilot as well. Is that what I heard? Yeah, Ooh, well, that's great. And no, no, you were doing the flight thing. Remember, uh, you had that flight thing. When... Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Well, I know one thing is true because I've known you for now 10 years and um, sensing the two of you together. Graydon, it's nice to meet you. We didn't really make that clear that we didn't know you before this, this broadcast. And uh, right. looking at your site and your marketing and just knowing who you are, yours is about a bespoke experience experience. And that's why people come to you because they don't want the ordinary. They don't want everybody else, what everybody else had. They want something distinctive to their taste, to their personality. And you deliver that in spades. You deliver that with, with a smile on your face and in the most joyful way possible, which makes it even more fun for people because when you get what you want from someone who delivers it as joyfully as you do, it just that's what elevates an experience. So thank you for joining us both. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe we'll work together soon. It would be would nice to do that. something together. And uh, I want to. I want. I definitely want to come and taste your foods. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Done. We'll have to have the three Done. of you over here. Yes. I need and some. I still of... want to come out for rugby. Once yeah. we can do that. Yeah. Play all the rugby you want. I want your food in I'm my gonna mouth. Play. I'm going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, Thanks I, for joining I, us. Thank you so much. It was really, really nice to have them with us yeah. and uh, to speak with them. I think I, I wanted to get out a little bit more uh, the infrastructure and the sort of de the demands that will be foisted upon us uh, that we can't really see yet. Mm -hmm. I do see a few of them like like somebody constantly cleaning your restroom facility, mm -hmm. something that we don't really think about now, but I see that as a best practice moving forward yep. that you're going to want an attendant. 
for each of your restrooms. Yeah, and, I and don't that's think a cost. Ever going to go away? No, and that's a cost. Yeah, and if it's coming from a hotel, or it's likely going to be something like twenty-five or thirty dollars an hour, or thirty-five or forty dollars an hour plus plus. So I'm just sort of getting at what we should start being ready for as the world opens up. And I would love to hear from anyone out there who's listening and has a thought about what to expect from any point of view with regard to events, not just entertainment, not just food, but decor, uh, anything. We'd love to hear it. Uh, so please let us know what your comments are. Please let us know what you think. Uh, please leave us a question. Uh, you can find us at bolotta.com. Just look for the Bolotified tab. Uh, or, you know, just find us where you find your podcasts. And if you go on Apple Podcasts, because we love apples, then give us five stars, okay? Because it please. matters. It does. It matters Say greatly. Say pretty please like you mean it, Alex. Pretty please with the cherry on top. Please. I'll be your best friend. I please. promise. Okay, we'll stop I'll begging now. You. And thank you. Well, listen, thank you for listening. Please do come back and join us and please leave us your comments. I've said it enough. We'll see you next time. Look for the SAG Awards on Sunday night. And that's all. Well, boy. Bye. Ah, who cares? Okay. Indulge ourselves right now and play a little game that we like to play on a weekly basis called this or that okay now some of these this or that's we've asked other people we can't deny that but some of them <laughs> are expressly for you oh we're not going to tell you which is which you just have to tell us which is what this okay. or that okay this or that I, we do have two rules what's that one one is that you can say neither once so once okay say, and you can say both once Okay. And I will tell you that a lot of people have shot their wad on number one and number two <laughs> and have lived to regret it. <laughs> I so wish Graydon was here for this game. This is totally a <laughs> game. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, maybe we'll ask Graydon later, you know, but uh, we'll start with you. All right. All right. Football or rugby? Rugby. Gin or vodka? Vodka. Food or drink? Hmm. That's a hard one. I'm going to go with drinks, seeing as I have juice right here. Oh, I like that drink. And you can drink your food, but can you mm -hmm. food your drink? That's true. That's what I'm doing right now. You're drinking your food, right? Yes. But Apple, cucumber, mint, mm. lemon, ginger. Yummy. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a wonderful bowel music. Music. Bowel. <laughs> Some wonderful bowel music about to happening, about to happen. Okay, I couldn't get that out of my mouth. Uh, that's what she said. Okay, moving on. Number four. I'm going to be banned from my tunes. I know. Indoor or alfresco? Say that again. Indoor or alfresco? Ooh. And that could apply to anything. I know. That's where my mind immediately went. Um, oh, that's a hard one. Indoor. You know what? I'm going to use one of my both. I'm going to use my only both for that one. Uh, 
Nice. Nice. Girls night out or entertaining at home? Entertaining at home. Teaching or doing? Ooh. Dang it. I used that both, huh? Shoot. <laughs> See what I said? I know. And by the way, I want to tell the girls that you prefer being home. Because oh, no, I know they'd be how here much... with me. They'd okay. be here with me. So that's. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Graydon will often cook for us. So it's kind of nice. We just I'm coming too. I know. <laughs> I love it. Dang. The girls, Anthony. Right? Of course. No, no, you yes. can come on over. I could be a um, girl. Okay. So it was. Teaching or doing? Oh, no, teaching or doing? Teaching or doing. You know, as much as I love to teach, uh, I'm going to have to say doing. I have a hard time sitting still, but I do love teaching. I should have used the both for this one. Well, if you if you didn't do, you'd have nothing to teach. Mm-hmm. So there's the logic True. in that, right? Okay. And, you know, it's you're doing that that gives you the experience to teach. So there's True. your edge. All right. Thank it you. Drives the teaching. The doing drives the teaching. Exactly. Enough said. Good exactly. choice. Employed. Or self-employed? Self. Yes. Boots or stilettos? Ooh. Can they be stiletto boots? <laughs> yes, they can. <gasps> there we go. But that's not a both. Nope. But I'll take it because okay. that's creative. And that's the way she thinks, mm-hmm. ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, why is it hetos? Why isn't it just stilettos? Why is it stilettos? Right? I don't know. That's a good question. Something to keep people up at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> live, live theater or movies? Ooh, live theater. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> and last, plaids or paisley? Ooh. Hmm. Now, you do have a neither. Well, no, I mean, if I gave it was a paisley dress, I could wear that. But a paisley See, shirt or a plaid shirt. But if it's a okay, dress. So, I... so think just design. Oh, design. Okay. Um... Plaids or paisley. And I could say paisleys because, you know, paisley is a design, but it comes in many forms. And Exactly. Right. I'll go with paisley. Okay, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. I've never seen a paisley plaid, though. No. Or a plaided paisley. <laughs> that would that make would my brain much. hurt. I think I yeah. would, my brain would actually itch seeing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That was a close to a neither, but <laughs> paisley that I like. So. Yeah, there's some nice paisley. And again, it depends on the application. Exactly. Even plaid. I've seen some cool plaid, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> not not discounting the plaid red and blue striped white hip huggers I had when I was sixteen. <laughs> My favorite costume. Would love ever wore to was see those. <laughs> I would Never. love to see a photo of those. What were yours, Alex? No, oh, I yeah. my favorite costume I ever wore was a, I was a literally I looked like an Italian tablecloth. <laughs> when I did the Grinch, so my whole costume was this big, huge red plaid. It was awesome. It was fabulous. Oh my gosh, I love it. I just remember photos of my sister and I in like little matching um, plaid outfits. So that's why. But I have seen some rock and plaid like jumpsuits and. Oh yes. Like that. Oh yes. But you oh, could yes. pull off. You would look good in. Mm. 